Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Cosmos Country, and welcome back to another edition of First Team Podcast. I'm your host, John Frashante. Two topics to discuss on this week's episode. The first topic is on the boys in green, the New York Cosmos. And the second topic of discussion on this week's episode is transfers in U.S. soccer. We don't see them too often, but today, as of recording on January 14th, we have seen a couple of transfers in U.S. soccer and transfer fees as high as six figures. So that's great to see in U.S. soccer, and hopefully that's more to come. So we have more to discuss on that later in the episode. But first of all, I have some news to report on the New York Cosmos. As we all know, the Cosmos will officially join NISA and compete in the fall season, in the fall version of the National Independent Soccer Association. But we're in January, we're in the wintertime in 2020, and there hasn't been any noise, there hasn't been any talk or statements or releases from the New York Cosmos to fans and giving them an update. We have one statement that just said that we joined NISA, which is great, right? It's great that the Cosmos are going to rejoin the professional ranks in U.S. soccer. And I think that's something that we've always asked for. We understand that there's things going on off the field, but we want the on the field product to be the best it can be. We want the top players. We want the club to play in a professional venue. And I think we don't want to play in a semi-pro league anymore. So we got our wish. We got our gift. We're playing in NISA in the fall of 2020. But we still have radio silence from the club. We don't know who's going to coach the team. In the fall of 2020, we have some things that we can report on thanks to our sources, but you can read the full article on firstteampod.com. It's titled, The Current State of Affairs, A Heartbeat is Detected. So I have been told from a source, from a source close to the situation, that the Cosmos will sign a small number of players this winter, with the possibility that they will be loaned out to interested clubs until the summer and then the other roster spots will be filled up in late spring or early summer and you have to keep in mind and that's why I think first team podcast is very important during this time period and during the season when we don't have mainstream media covering the New York Cosmos just imagine just imagine if the Cosmos and if soccer was as popular and was as mainstream as, say, the NBA or, say, the NFL or Major League Baseball with all the scandals going on with cheating, right? And I'm not saying that the Cosmos cheated in the past, but what I am saying is is that, say, if 
the Cosmos and if U.S. soccer or New York City soccer scene was as mainstream as other traditional sports, you would see a lot of, I guess, releases and a lot of things coming out from Cosmos management. We're allowing them to work on the 2020 season, sign players up, sign your coach, get a professional venue, but we also want answers. Maybe not answers, but we want to be involved in the conversation, in the process. We are fans. We are members of the club, if you want to call it that. We're more than just a customer. We're loyal to the brand. And I hope the club can appreciate that and understand that because there's a bunch of fans on social media that want answers. Yeah, maybe the club can't come out and say, we're signing 10 players and here are the names and this is where we're going to play. First Team Podcast have had some communication from the club, but the only communication that we've had with the club was that we're working on the plans for 2020. That's what we have been told by the club is that they are working on plans for 2020. And once they have that all sorted, they will come on the show and I guess discuss that in more detail, which is great, right? So they're not shying away from people wanting to ask questions and they're not shying away from fans wanting answers. It's just they need to find the answers to those questions and hopefully they will have those answers real soon. I know a lot of people, fans, soccer fans in particular, they get annoyed when they see on social media, oh, according to my source or my source said this, but I do want to say, and probably every single media outlet or fan run outlet says this, but our sources are are reliable. You know what I mean? Our sources are reliable. I trust them. And we're never going to reveal our sources and tell you who they are. But if we were to do that, I think you would trust them as well. So I'll just leave it as that because I do want to, even though we're throwing out, hey, my source said this, I want to clarify that we understand some fans might feel a certain way about that, but I think you should take this at face value because we're not getting the Cosmos and the club statements and the club update about what's going on. So they're basically leaving everyone in the dark. They did have some communication, but very, very little communication with players, with some players. So that's sad because there are players out there that are working part-time jobs. You have Danny Satella that came out in FrontRowSoccer.com. He talked to Michael Lewis, and he said that he's working in construction. You have Bloody Bartage who works a part-time job in New York City. So you have players that want to stay around, and they want to continue playing for the New York Cosmos, but then they're... They're working a part-time job in the meantime, and they're waiting for their contract with the New York Cosmos. They can easily go and sign with a different club and make a decent amount of money. Bloody Bartage was the Cosmos' leading goal scorer, right? Danny Satella is a veteran player. He should command a heavy fee because of how much experience he has. According to my second source, I have been told that it has been communicated to some players that the club would um, have meetings with players soon. But that was told to some players last week. That doesn't fill me with any confidence, if I'm honest. Uh, But like I said earlier, we have to cling on and hold on to that 
small statement that I received from Cosmos Management is that they're working on plans for 2020. We can also confirm at First Team Podcast thinks there are sources and reporting by Michael Lewis of FrontRowSoccer.com that near Cosmos formal preseason period will kick off in June. But that's some answers to our questions, right? It shows that there is life in Cosmos country. It shows that uh, we will be back in 2020. But the biggest question is how long is that going to take? How long will it take for the Cosmos to put a roster together, to get a coaching staff together, and to communicate with fans ahead of formal preseason in June? I would love to get your thoughts on the current situation in Cosmos country. You could take a look at the full article on our website, firstteampod.com. Please send in your emails as well at firstteampod at gmail.com because I would like to get your thoughts and I can read it out on next week's episode and go into a little bit more discussion with Cosmos supporters and I can have your thoughts and that's a great thing. So moving on to the last topic on this week's episode and that's transfer fees in U.S. soccer. We never see transfer fees paid out that often in U.S. soccer. Usually, usually it's big clubs or big ownership groups that have big money in the lower divisions that are paying transfer fees. The Cosmos paid transfer fees in the past. You had um, you had Miami FC, most notably with the New York Cosmos. You had Hunter Freeman. He got um, sold to Miami FC when the Cosmos were having financial problems. So in the past, we have seen lower division clubs that were backed by big owners that had a lot of money pay transfer fees to get the players that they wanted or that their coaches wanted to see added to their team. Most likely, Major League Soccer pays transfer fees when they want to bring in a top player. But I have never seen Major League Soccer pay a USL club six figures. So this is reporting from Jeff Reuter per MLS USL sources. This is his tweet. Adam John Jan from Phoenix Rising FC. He said to join Alanza United pending the completion of his paperwork. I'm hearing Phoenix Rising FC would bring in a $100,000 transfer fee for the striker. This player knocked Atlanta United out of the 2017 playoffs with the Columbus Crew and made the USL best 11 last season. He had 17 goals and 7 assists. So that's a great stat line. But what I'm trying to say is that we never see major league soccer clubs paying $100,000 for one player as a transfer fee in U.S. soccer, even for the lower divisions. And you might say, well, okay, for a professional team, a USL club, hundred grand is not enough. It's not a lot of money, but it's getting somewhere. And if we can see that rising, so right now in January 2020, our transfer fee, or maybe the highest one at the moment, is a hundred grand. Um, let's just set that as the benchmark for this example, because I believe Miami FC paid, I think it was three hundred grand for Hunter Freeman. So we did see big transfer fees being paid out in the NASL days, but we don't have the NASL anymore, sadly. So there's Major League Soccer, there's USL, there's NISA, and there's other 
USL leagues. I was looking for a better word because they're not leagues. They're more like properties. They're more like USL properties because some of their leagues, like how they rebrand them, I would just call them USL properties. So in 2020, I think that's a good sign. And and hopefully the fees become higher and higher and higher where we can see that 100 grand over a couple of years period turn into 500,000, 600,000, 800,000, a million, 2 million, 3 million. And we can see hopefully clubs getting that money and reinvesting that into their club or bringing in bigger players on bigger wages and not trying to bankrupt their club because maybe that's not sustainable, but just trying to grow their club and grow their business. Instead, what we have at the moment is we have closed leagues. And what I really do fear is owners getting that transfer fee and just pocketing it and saying, well, hey, we made 100 grand, right? We made 100 grand from that player. But it's like, yeah, you did, but you're running a business. And and it's really not all about and yeah that's what a business is is that it's all about the money and you want to get paid as the owner because you're investing your dollars into it selling players or developing players and then selling them off is a way for a club to become self-sustainable so the owner is not putting his money in the club anymore you're selling sponsorships and ticket sales and merchandise sales and media rights deals you also have transfer fees being paid to your club because you sold one of your top players. So that was not the only one today that I've seen reported. I've seen um, Jeff Reuter, like I just said, Phoenix Rising sold their striker to Atlanta United for a hundred grand. I've also seen Miami FC is buying a goalkeeper. I think it's from North Carolina FC. I'm not really sure, or he once played for North Carolina FC. So I'm trying to pull that up right now. I think they were paying twenty grand, and I do remember this player. So according to Jeff Reuter again, same day reporting, January 14th, he reported this on January 14th at 3.12 p.m. on Twitter. He said, USL sources tell that the Miami FC is set to acquire goalkeeper Brian Silvestri pending personal terms. They'll pay forward Madison a transfer fee of $20,000. He played against Miami in the NASL era and kept five clean sheets in 16 League One starts last season. It's just the idea of these clubs getting used to paying transfer fees and understanding how much their player is worth and investing in that player. So if you do get a youth player goes to the ranks, you invest in the academy, you invest in the under-23 squad, and he goes to play for the first team. And then he impresses over, let's just say, his contract. And then you renew his contract. You invest in that player that gave you so much, that was loyal to you and your club and your fan base and your community and your market. And then eventually he wants to move on and he wants to play for a bigger club in a much better league. And then you sell him off and you get that six-figure fee that's what we need more consistently in u.s soccer we don't want to see this being a one-off type of thing because if we do i think that will hold u.s soccer back across the world that's what everyone talks about in u.s soccer for the most part people just sign players on free transfers they're just free agents every single year no one's signing a long-term contract 
right? During the NASL days, I believe the Cosmos were signing players of multi-year deals. So there was this security as a player. There was that loyalty because they were getting paid a, a decent wage. But now we don't have that. We have top players in the lower divisions, and they're just moving from club to club every single season because they're getting a better offer or things change with that previous club. And I do want to see that Jamie Vardy type player in U.S. soccer that's working his way up from the lower divisions and he finally is getting his reward and um, by sacrificing maybe working crappy jobs, right, part-time jobs to make time for him to play soccer on the weekends or um, training during the week. And then he finally gets his reward by playing in the top flight or maybe playing in the second division, for example, just playing professional soccer and receiving a living wage by doing something that he really loves to do. So I will leave you with that because we can have that conversation on another day and we can go in-depth, have a guest on the show and talk about that because there's so many ways that we can go down. You have amateur clubs, semi-pro clubs, like the MPSL, like clubs in the MPSL that are putting 20 grand to join the league, paying 5 grand every single season to the MPSL, and then they're investing in their club, in their market, and they're only signing college players. So there's no loyalty. There's no ability for them to sign players to a contract, have that ability to um, secure their investment in that player, in their club, and that eventually, if that player impresses, he can command a high fee for that club, and then they can reinvest that. So that's the problem with U.S. soccer, is we lack um, professionalism when it comes to transfer fees and just, I guess, clubs and players knowing what they're worth. So thanks for tuning in to First Team Podcast. I really appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at First Team Pod. You can check out our website, firstteampod.com. And check out that article like I mentioned earlier. Check it out and let me know what you think about our reporting. Please send in your thoughts for your email, firstteampod at gmail.com. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully, the loyal players that have been sticking around get signed up by the New York Cosmos and compete in the inaugural season in the fall of 2020 in the National Independent Soccer Association. Thanks for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. And as always, let's go near Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys up in the Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we believe you see in fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo Country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it in our playing. The fact of it is, the rap from here attacks, passion, bliss. Reacts, tap, and we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's stack the wing, going back to the through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fact, you grow down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you with bad views. Like shouting cues aloud to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'm tracking past, no excuse. Each session and lesson is not about perfection. The work's the test and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it because I can tell you that I'm far from done.